friends, and welcome to Mad as a Hatter, a Conspiracies and Curiosities podcast. Welcome to our White Rabbit episode number two. Woo! We made it to number two. I'm so excited. That means we made it 20 episodes in case anyone can't count. But with our White Rabbit number two, we did run a contest for our Patreon supporters. If all you, one of them. All one. <laughs> we tried so hard. But we will give the best shout out to our one Patreon supporter, the one and only Jane. Listener, Listener Jane. Jane. We love you. Thank You're you. our favorite. <laughs> for all the love and support. So, Darby. Yes, Paige? What's next on our agenda? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, we should give Jane more of a shout out. Jane, I love you. Thank you so much, Jane. We really appreciate all your listens, all your advice, especially when we continuously bug you for advice about the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so for the future, other people. If you want our love, which I have a lot <laughs> of it. And I have very little to give, but I will give it well. <laughs> Please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> to get an ounce of my love. Out of Darby. the whole two ounces that I have. Darby, what is our Patreon? Patreon.com backslash Matt is a Hatter podcast. Very good. Now I expect all of you to go donate. Please do. <laughs> Speaking of which, Pedro, are there any other announcements? Music. <gasps> music? We have music in case you didn't notice. Yes. yes. If you started out this episode... You would have heard the wonderful music that Paige so painstakingly looked for and found. It took me hours. It did. I was, I and actually Darby think she not, forgot. She just won't admit it. Darby did not look at any of my text when I sent her all of the links to the music, and I blame her. You know what? I was busy. Doing what? <laughs> Hating love? <laughs> and watching the Avengers? So, <laughs> I don't have time to read your texts. <laughs> I was actually probably running the social media, which Paige is never allowed to touch. Fair. For good reason. <laughs> she touched it once, and now it's full of otter jokes. But otters are the best creatures to ever live. Yes, Paige. We know you love otters, and you totally messed up my Twitter poll because of it. Well, I think Nessie is a giant otter. You know what? You challenged our listeners to only click otters, and now my to poll was completely screwed. That's because Nessie is an otter. Whatever, we'll go with it. <laughs> I vote dinosaurs like any other logical person would vote for. <laughs> Otters could be dinosaurs. You don't know. Our topic today is <gasps> Colts. Colts. Da, 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 da. Thanks for being so patient while we announce that. Yes, we always keep them top secret. I always tell Paige because she always wants to give it away to stop. But we were able to. I was able to keep Paige quiet this time. Yes. Now we finally get to announce it. Colts. 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 I'm, I'm going to admit, I, I don't know what you're saying. Colts. <laughs> I keep hearing colds. Colts. <laughs> colts. Colts conspiracies. Colt psychology. All about cults. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Or do, if you listen to the first episode. Yes, if you listen to my episode about Jonestown. I went really in-depth with the conspiracy behind Jonestown that I totally recall because I was the one to give all that information away. Paige, could you remind me what I talked about? <laughs> I believe you talked about how the CIA was behind the Jonestown murders and how it was all mass murder, not mass suicide. Oh, yes. Thank you. I was quizzing you. I was quizzing to test your knowledge to see I listen if you listened. To all of our episodes after we record. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and meanwhile, I listened to none. <laughs> One recording's good enough for me. <laughs> I, I have the let's wing it attitude. <laughs> the first part of our episode is, what is a Darby? I will be talking about different types of cults and fun cults and... What is a fun cult? Please tell me. <laughs> a fun cult is... <laughs> You're not very nice. <laughs> a fun cult is some weird, out-of-the-box, obscure cults that I found... That some diverse cults that you don't normally hear about. Paige, that's a great question. What are fun cults? <laughs> well, I talk about some of the different types of cults, and then I'm just going to go into some of those that just don't really fit into a category. 
They're just okay. a little obscure. Okay. Can get behind that. Tell me more about cults. Okay. So for this episode, I will briefly go into some of the more fun cults. I will have more episode going I will have more episodes going into details about the cults that have more interesting conspiracies about them in later episodes, however. I apparently really like the word episodes. <laughs> episodes is and, your favorite word. And I'm gonna continue saying episodes, apparently. <laughs> So what is a cult? Please tell me. I don't know. Since Paige is apparently new to cults, let us introduce her. A cult is a new religious movement that has appeared recently about the mid-1800s and newer. Subcategories of cults include doomsday cults, personality cults, political cults, destructive cults, racist cults, should not have said that that exciting, polygamous cults, and terrorist cults. Those sound fun. Very fun. So before we go into the different categories, which which section are you going to choose? Pick a cult. Any cult. Pick a cult? Pick a cult. To dive into? No, I mean just one that you would subscribe to. Oh, Doomsday. Doomsday. By far, Doomsday. That sounds fun. I, I feel I could get behind that. Because <laughs> I already feel like I read so many apocalypse things already. Like, I'm ready for it. Darby, you read Apocalypse things? Shut up, man. This is so hard. I didn't realize Darby did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, love Apocalypse, so we're going to have to start this book club because I was unaware that that was your interest. We've talked about this before, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dive right in. Let's do it. Go down the rabbit hole. So, theological. The theological sense is used when discussing major religious differences. A group or movement is theologically a cult if it identifies itself as belonging to a mainstream recognized religion and yet rejects or otherwise violates one or more of the central essential teachings of that religion. How do you violate the teaching? So they take one of these central essential teachings of the religion and twist or violate it in means that they should not. In one way, to be more specific, I could use this silly example, but one that illustrates this concept. This is from cultdefinition.com. Sounds legit. Something I'm proud to have in my browser history. <laughs> you cannot call something a tomato sauce if it does not include tomatoes, because tomatoes are a central, essential ingredient, teaching or doctrine of the tomato sauce. A sauce that is made with apples instead of tomatoes, but is sold as tomato sauce, is a cult of tomato sauce. Because it rejects one of the essential ingredients of tomato sauce and thus misrepresents itself as something it is not. Basically every Tinder bio ever. <laughs> Tinder, Tinder bios are cults? That would be an interesting conspiracy theory for you to dive into, Darby. I should. I will put it in my hat. In the real world, the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS, also known better known as the Mormon Church, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Christian Science would technically, by definition, qualify as a cult. But I will add a side note here that in no way am I saying that these groups are a cult. We're just talking about what some people have said the literal definition is, what would technically possibly qualify i am of course not wanting to call anybody out on their own religious beliefs or face ah so just by pure definition yes okay. only by pure definition would these technically qualify we never mean to hurt or offend anyone and by no means are we attempting to make fun of religions whether a branch of christianity is considered a theology cult or not is based on when it came up and what their core values are if they are 1800s or newer and their core values are not aligned with Christian core values. Core values that define the core of the faith include the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, the atoning work of Christ on the cross, and the salvation by grace through faith. These doctrines so com comprise the essence of the Christian faith that to remove any of them is to make the belief system non-Christian. So some of those groups that I listed off earlier, they some of these core values aren't aren't represented well or represented at all. For example, the atoning work of Christ on the cross, because he died, there's nothing else you have to do except to accept him into your life. 
and then it's unconditional love and acceptance into heaven therefore that being said there are some groups that believe that you have to do other things in order to get his love and to get into heaven and that would be um a twisting of the core value it's not actually true ah that makes sense they also must use the bible to be considered a christian branch and not a christian cult so there are some groups that use a different form of bible or a completely different text oh so like the mormon church how they have the book of mormonism yes that would that would qualify and then we can go on to talk about the destructive cults Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) Self-destruction at its finest. (laughs) These groups, um, these are groups that where members have through deliberate action physically injured or killed other members of their own group or other people. Not as fun. Not as fun. (laughs) Not so much (laughs) self-destruction. Well, I guess in and of itself, self-destruction. Well, yeah, that's true. It's the other members of their group. And you join oh, the group. members of their own group or other people. So at, at times, self-destruction. So like Manson. That would apply. Hmm. I won't go into much details about this one because if you go back into episode one, you can hear all about how I talked about Jonestown and how it fits perfectly into this. Oh. Yes. So if you would remember my episode page, which you did. I and remember I'm very it. proud of you. <laughs> you don't remember it, Darby. <laughs> You know what? I did it. I did the notes. I recorded it. I'm done. It's like a standardized test. You know what you need to know and then you forget it all. The next one is the doomsday cult. That sounds fun. That's where I belong. This is where we fly our banners. They believe in the apocalypse. And it can also be used to refer to both groups that predict disaster and groups that attempt to bring it about. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) An example of these doomsday cults are the Seekers. The Seekers, also called the Brotherhood of the Seven Rays, were a group of rapturists or a UFO religion in mid-20th century Midwestern United States. Hey, us. Us. The Seekers met in a non-denominational church. The group originally organized in 1953 by Charles Laheed, a staff member at Michigan State University. They were led by Dorothy Martin, also called Sister Thedra, who believed a UFO would take them on December 21st, 1954. They are believed to be the first such group to exist. Oh, interesting. There's also the group called the Branch Davidians that were around around 1959 through 1993. They were formed by a charismatic leader, David Koresh, after his expulsion from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the Branch Davidians shared a belief that the end of the world was drawing near. Hmm. Koresh, recognized often for his musical talents on the guitar, believed he was a messiah who spoke the true word of God. He also believed all women were his spiritual wives. (laughs) Interesting! (laughs) Resulting in multiple relationships with women in the cult, married and single alike. Oh! Did they all think they were married to him, or only he did? I Maybe a little mixture of both. Huh. A little mixture. Interesting. I wonder how much Kool-Aid they were drinking. Paige, maybe you'll go into charismatic leaders and making people believe what they believe. Oh, yes, I think I will. Stockpile weapons at the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, preparing for the pending apocalypse. They also caught the attention of ATF agents who attempted to raid the compound on February 28, 1993 for alleged weapons violations. Hmm. Political cults. Oh, this sounds fun. Oh, yes. This sounds like a whole lot of information. Oh, I'm sure I have a ton of it. Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) A political cult is a cult with primary interest in political action and ideology. You don't say... Far right and far left. Do these really need explaining? An example of this would be the Democratic Workers' Party was a United States Marxist-Leninist party based in California, headed by former Professor Marlene Dixon, lasting from 1974 to 2008. It has been seen as an example of a political cult, with Dixon serving as its charismatic leader. I'm seeing a trend. There seems to be a lot of charismatic cult leaders. Just maybe. Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll see. I think I might. (laughs) Maybe? 
Okay. <laughs> the Iron Guard is the name most commonly given to a far-right movement and political party in Romania in the period from 1927 into the early part of World War II. That sounds like a great name. Tell me more about the Iron Guard. I want to know. Yes. When Ion Antonesco came to power in September 1940, he brought the Iron Guard into the government. Oh, he brought his own guard with him that was made of iron. Yes. It's, have you ever seen the movie Iron Giant? <laughs> I have because I love all things Disney and that's all I talk about. Yes, he brought a bunch of Iron Giants into the government. Oh. Yes. Well, I assume he actually just voted them into power and got them however he needed to in the government. So like Hitler. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. You would know that from your episode on Hitler. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> in January 1941, however, Antonescu used the army to suppress a revolt of the Iron Guard. Wait. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. He, there was a revolt within his guard, but so he, he then used, used that guard to suppress the revolt in his guard. This Sounds like a conspiracy theory in and of itself. It is in my hat, and I shall discuss it at some point. I am looking forward to that, Darby. <laughs> he destroyed the organization, but its commander, Horia Sima, and some other leaders escaped to Germany. Oh, I wonder if they became part of the Nazis. Hmm. That would be intriguing. Hmm. Hold that thought. I will discuss it soon. But not this episode. <laughs> like, or maybe are? this episode. We'll figure uh. it out. <laughs> I put in quotes here from somebody, but I never cite anything that I put in here. So the Legion was arguably the most unusual mass of movement in interwar Europe. The Legion contrasted with most other European fascist movements of the period, especially when talking about its understanding of nationalism which it believed should never be separated from the faith that people were born into. According to Loinid, Loinid, according to Loinid, the Legion willingly inserted strong elements of Orthodox Christianity into its political ideology to the point of becoming one of the rare modern European political movements with a religious ideological structure. So they didn't believe in movement across borders. Yes, they build up very, very strong mental walls. They believe that where you are born is where you should stay. And that's the that of that. Nobody comes in. Nobody goes out. We can also go into the polygamous cults. Oh, that sounds interesting. Too much love. <laughs> Too much love. <laughs> I think it's just enough love. Love is everywhere. Flowers and rainbows and love. <laughs> death and destruction and singleness and loneliness is the way to go <laughs> the polygamous polygamous cults they are cults that teach and practice polygamy which oh, you is, don't say i know adaptly named <laughs> polygamy is the marriage between more than two people most often polygyny which is one man having multiple wives have long been noted although they are a minority Oh. So it seems like it's actually more often that women have multiple husbands. Oh, that's interesting. What? I would have never guessed. Yes, this was information I already knew. It is very interesting. It has been estimated that there are around 50,000 members of polygamous cults in North America. Wow. This includes the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This also includes the Warren Jeffs Fundamentalist Church, which was founded in 2006. Mm -hmm. Jeffs, who was excommunicated by the church for polygamy, watched as his church membership swelled to more than 10,000 members in Arizona, Arizona, Utah, and Texas. Wow. Amid allegations of ongoing and far-reaching incest and sexual misconduct with minors... Inside the church, federal officials raided Jeff's El Dorado, Texas ranch in 2008. Evidence led investigators to charge Jeff's on multiple counts for, for sex charge, for sex for sex crimes against children. He was sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years to be served consecutively. Oh, so 
His church only lasted two years. It did. And he had 10,000 followers. In two years. All of them committing sex crimes against children or just him? Well, he was the one charged for the multiple Okay. But it seems like these ongoing and far-reaching misconduct with minors, I'm going to assume it wasn't just him. Whoa. So I would assume, and I have heard that it was pretty much a regular thing. So now I understand why he was excommunicated from the Christian church. Just maybe. You know, good call. (laughs) Good call, church. (laughs) And I feel like I heard he might have also been excommunicated from the Mormon church, too. Good call. Good call, guys. So, yeah, for only two years with 10,000 followers and multiple crimes against children. Going onwards. I just need a moment with my thoughts. (sighs) At least he's still in prison. I would hope so. That's all I can say. Yes. (laughs) I mean, life plus 20 years. To be served together. Our next branch of cults includes the racist cults. Oh, So you're looking at your KKK, the Nazis, and skinheads. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Paige, you got it? I think so. I think I got it. Good. Okay. White supremacy. Got it. Yep. There we are. (laughs) Ah. Terrorist cults. These include Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and one that you may not have heard of is the Shining Path Guerrilla Movement, which was active in Peru. Does it involve gorillas? Different kind of gorillas. Oh, okay. Good. I can breathe. (laughs) I was getting worried about you. I was going to put in my pictures a picture of a monkey like I did to you last time. That was so mean. Gave me a heart attack. I'll just never be able to leave this basement. I know. Well, you can take my place. There's too many spiders in here. It freaks me out. (laughs) The Shining Path Gorilla Movement, which was active in Peru in the 18th, 1980s and 1990s has variously been described as a cult. It is a communist revolutionary organization in Peru espousing Marxist-Leninism-Maoism. When it first launched the internet, when it first launched the internal conflict in Peru in 1980, its goal was to overthrow the state by guerrilla warfare and replace it with a new democracy. Oh. <laughs> so that's where the guerrilla name comes from. Yes, guerrilla warfare. Which is not a bunch of gorillas fighting each other. <laughs> I, I thought it was. Widely condemned for its brutality by their enemies, including violence deployed against peasants, trade union organizers, elected officials, and general civilian population, the Shining Path is regarded by Peru as a terrorist organization. Japan, the United States, the European Union, and Canada likewise classify the group as a terrorist organization and prohibit funding and other financial support. Since the capture of its leader, Abimael Guzman, in 1992, the Shining Path has declined in activity. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So now that we've talked about racists and terrorists, let's talk about other fun cults. Yay! (laughs) Cults are fun! Yes. We can talk about the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. That sounds interesting. Have you not heard of? Is it my... No, I don't think I have. Do I throw my plate in the sky? Why not? Spaghetti on it? (laughs) From their website, they say, With millions, if not thousands, of devout worshipers, the Church of the SFM is widely considered a legitimate religion, even by its opponents, mostly fundamentalist Christians who have accepted that our God has larger balls than theirs. (laughs) What? Excuse me? What does that even mean? I think you know what it means, Paige. <laughs> They're calling their God out because of his balls. Do spaghetti have balls? I The spaghetti monster? I mean, how can he not be the El Primo spaghetti without spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> we believe religion, say, Christianity, Islam, pasta fun... Farianism does not require literal belief in order to provide spiritual enlightenment. Much of the transcendent experience of religion can be attributed to the community, and while some members of the religion are indoctrinated true believers, many are not. 
There are many levels of belief, and each is no more or less legitimate than the other. That is to say, you do not have to believe to be part of our church, but we hope in time you will see the truth. But skeptics, as well as members of other religions, are always welcome. So you don't have to believe. You just walk in and say, I join now. Yep. You don't have to. (laughs) Okay. Whether you believe in the flying spaghetti monster or not, we're here for you. Interesting. Yes. If you would like, I actually have a video who made an intro to the pasta farinasium. Yes, please. (laughs) So this is pasta farinasium, spaghetti, wenches, and metaphysics. Life on Earth is one that is extremely busy, largely due to how we juggle its many facets, like the tedium of your work life, the constant inebriation of your social life, and ensuring enough quality family time. All the while, you're struggling with those big questions that keep you up at night. Questions like, why am I here? Am I a good person? What happens when you die? And what is the meaning of it all anyway? Science is working tirelessly on the answers, but they can be a little impenetrable. Religion boldly claims to already have the answers, but with so many to choose from, how do we know which, if any, hold the truth? Happily, this problem has a solution, a combination of the natural wonders of science and the supernatural claims of religion has culminated in the world's first and only empirical religious movement. Welcome. To Spaghetti, Wenches, and Metaphysics, your guide through the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. The Flying Spaghetti Monster, or the FSM for short, is the sole deity of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, adherents to which are known as Pastafarians. He is a complex carbohydrate-based entity consisting of willowy eye stalks, two large meatballs, and a multitude of noodly appendages. The FSM is most notable for such feats as creating everything in existence, personally maintaining gravitational forces throughout the universe, and inspiring the creation of the Rotary Lawn Sprinkler. He is also a kind and benevolent creator, as evidenced by the existence of heaven with its beer volcano and stripper factory, as well as his fondness for midgets. But that's not all. His noodliness out of all supreme beings is alone in having had the confidence to offer the God-back guarantee, which states the following. Try me for 30 days, and if you are not completely satisfied, your old God will most likely take you back. So, I have some comments. I, I'm i ready for... I don't know how you would not have comments after that video. First off, the one that's burning in my brain is... It said your God will most likely take you back. Most likely. Not it's, guaranteed. It's a God back guarantee. But only most but likely. with a little asterisk at the end. <laughs> also, why does it have a fondness of strippers and midgets? Well... Maybe in the fact that they feel that they are not welcome in other religions. So we must point that out? I guess so. They're... And it has a stripper factory. And a beer volcano. Oh, and a beer... A beer volcano. Don't forget. Beer volcano, stripper factory, and the monster loves midgets. Yes. So thank you, Matt Tillman, who created this video to introduce pasta farianism. And I, I just had to share it, Paige, so you could really understand the true... I'm... The true depth of this. I'm just absor- absorbing it all. And when you have that minute with your thoughts, <laughs> there is a way that for $25 you can get your official ordination certificate. So you can be an ordained Church oh, of the Flying Spaghetti so Monster. I could marry you whenever you choose to get married. Yes. Except we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, you could marry me. You could marry me and my boyfriend. And, we'll, and then, while we're also in this cult, we'll join the polygamous cult. Yes. We'll, we'll do some cult hopping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sounds like a great plan. Is there, like, polygamous cults? Like, your polygamy cults? Polygamy? <laughs> polygamy cults. <laughs> Polyg- po- like, polytheistic, but cults instead of gods? Polythe-cultist. Polycultist? We're going we're gonna to coin the term. Polycultist. Okay. And the Church of the Polycultists. Got it. Okay. 
So, yes, if you did feel that you wanted to become ordained for $25, you can be an official one. Perfect. Anyway, continuing on. So it's really hard to top that one, but I'm going to try it with the Cosmic People of Light Powers. Oh. Yes. This sounds fun. Like fairy people? We'll see. Okay. Yeah. This is a Czech cult. They are the cosmic people who believe in an alien called Ashtar Sharon. Oh. Ashtar has a fleet of 10 million spaceships that orbit the Earth. The leader of the group is claiming thousands to hundreds of thousands of sympathizers, while government sources say a couple hundred people. Okay. This is, so this is the cult of exaggeration. One of them can't count. They are just more open to the task of understanding the truth about the infernal infernal Saurians chipping our hearts and how, as their website says, 95% of our physical bodies are controlled by forces of darkness. The rest is under the control of the evil lizard men. Lizard people! Yes. Lizard wizard! (laughs) Your D&D character! (laughs) I vote them. Yes. You are the creator of the evil lizard men. Yes. How dare you, Paige? I just want to have fun. If this cult doesn't work for you, you might want to try the Church of God with signs following. That sounds fun. Yes. They're also known as snake holders. Oh! Uh, you like snakes, Darby. Oh, yes. They're my absolute favorite. <laughs> sounds like a church for you. This is. This is where I belong. They could be anywhere from 1,000 or 5,000 of them just waiting to accidentally kill them. Just waiting to accidentally kill themselves for the Lord on any given Sunday. Not Monday. Has to be a Sunday. Well, Sunday's the Lord's Day, don't you know? Yes, it's a perfect day to accidentally kill yourself. <laughs> Typical service includes speaking in tongues, screaming, spasming. It sounds like they're possessed. Spinning in circles. Occasionally drinking poison when, when they have the budget for it. And handling snakes. So it's Jonestown, but if they were possessed by demons. Yes. <laughs> the faithful defend their extreme and sometimes deadly beliefs by saying everything they do comes directly from the Bible, specifically Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. I'm going to go back a little bit, starting with verse 15 to provide a little bit more context. And he unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. For those in the know, of course, those deaths were just the result of people who lacked faith. Oh. Yeah. Anyone so, who died, they, did, they just didn't have enough faith. Faith is, as you know, the universal method to prevent snake bites, followed closely by not dancing around like a drunkard at a hootenanny with a poisonous snake in your hands. So, like in The Prince of Egypt, when they say, you're playing with the big, big boys, boys now. now. And the snakes just kind of go away. Yeah. Don't you know, if you speak in tongues, drink, and if you speak in tongues, dance, and play with snakes, you have the cure to all eternal life. But only if you believe. Interesting. Paige, you did talk about phobias and how some people do have a fear of snakes. Yeah. So this cult may not apply to you. (laughs) If you do have that phobia, what was it again? Snake fear. (laughs) You don't remember your Snake own episode? Snake phobia. Animals with no legs phobia. <laughs> if you slither on the ground, you're afraid of me. Slytherin phobia. Because <laughs> I am a Slytherin and snakes are my mascot, so fear me. I have Slytherin phobia. I'm I, a Hufflepuff. I will bite you. So if you are afraid of snakes, yes. you might want to try Family International. Oh, that sounds fun. Family International, which is also known as the Children of God and the Family of Love. They are most famous for giving sex a more prominent role in their beliefs, including traditions of prostitution. Interesting. (laughs) They encouraged female members to show God's (laughs) love. 
to show God's love through sexual relationships with potential converts. Flirty fishing was practiced by members of Berg's Inner Circle starting in 1973 and was introduced to the general membership in 1976 and became common practice within the group. In some areas, flirty fishers used escort agencies to meet potential converts. So they have sex with them and then make them join their church. Why, yes. Interesting. Yes. That is the only way to show God's love. Interesting idea there. Since they decided to take an official stand against sexual child abuse, unlike the other cult, which they happily claimed to have stopped a full 18 years after they were founded in 1968. Something to be proud of. So they waited 18 whole years to say that child, ab- child abuse is wrong. But they stopped. And they are proud of it. I they stopped. I guess there's that. They also say girls can be bi, but only if a man is involved. Interesting. Can you please explain? So you can be bi. You can't be gay. You cannot be gay. But you are allowed to have relationships with a female only if a man is somehow involved in that mixture. Oh, patriarchy. At its finest. Yes, because you know that's the only true way women can be with women, according to this cult. Is if there's a man. Yes. The man must give permission. Oh. Like most Christian-based religions, the family loves Jesus. Unlike most, they feel they literally love Jesus. During sex or masturbation, women are encouraged to imagine it's Jesus working his magic on them. Men, as you may expect, are encouraged to imagine they are women so as not to... <laughs> Men, as you may expect, are encouraged to imagine that they are women so as not to seem gay when they think of Jesus doing them. Oh, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. You know, Paige, I'm going to take something out of your book and have a minute with my thoughts. <laughs> I think I need that minute, too. So that wraps up our fun cults. Those all sound very fun. Not like cults I would want to join, but... Well, that last one, they did stop a full 18 years later. True, but you were still prostituting yourself if you're a woman in the cult. True. Yes, so that is what I have for cults and some of the wibbly-wobbly conspiracies behind them. Wibbly-wobbly? Wibbly-wobbly. That's what I say all the time. I've never heard you say that once. Well, I guess it's my new catchphrase now that I'm going to stick to. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) So, Paige, what topic do you have for us? We're going to do the psychology behind cults. Ooh, so now that we've heard about cults from me, you're going to talk about why cults are cults. Yes, some of the psychology. Um, So, for this... For the sake of time, this episode will go only into cult psychology. I will discuss specific cult case studies in another episode. Ooh, maybe some of the things I talked about? Maybe. I think flying spaghetti monsters should be in there. I think so, definitely. (laughs) That was a fun one. An actual fun one. That one sounds very interesting. I think there's some good psychology you can find in there. There's a lot you can find (laughs) in there. Uh, Okay. So, why do people turn to cults? Because, I don't know. They sound fun. They sound like a good time. <laughs> You're right. Jonestown sound like a great time. You know, all life in the party. I wanted some, I'm really big fan of Kool-Aid. Some of the reasons that people might turn to cults is uh, they offer comfort. We crave comfort and anything or anything to ease our fears and anxieties. Like me. Like a blanket. I have lots of anxieties. I need comfort. <laughs> I'm a very socially awkward person. <laughs> We need, we need some cults in our life for comfort. <laughs> we do. A cultic, Celtic psychologist named John Patrick Peterson mentions that leaders make promises that no one else offers. Like what? Like cults can't offer up I'm money, nice. <laughs> ease, peace of mind, eternal life, etc. I, like I would like some eternal life, please. Like I think Jonestown did that. They said you drink the Kool-Aid, you get to live forever. 
Yes, that is what I said in my own episode that mm-hmm. I talked about Jonestown. Mm-hmm. Me, Darby. Yes. Yes. Another reason you might turn to a cult is that it offers answers. Ooh, like test answers? Yes. <gasps> Ooh, okay. I'm going to need that soon here. <laughs> cult leaders say they have all the answers that people seek. We don't like to not have the answers. This is a reoccurring theme in pages, my episodes. People just like answers. We just do. Just like me. I just like answers. You are a little A-type. I am. I need the answers to everything all the time. Meanwhile, I'm just, I'll, I'll just, whatever. I'll let other people make the choices for me. I'll just go with it. It's true. It's because I'm a Slytherin. Yep, Hufflepuffs. As long as there's food, we're cool. <laughs> food and comfy clothes. I'm solid. Some of the answers they might give is the meaning of life, religion, politics, and so on. You know the rest. Uh, they also could offer acceptance. Let me in. Can offer people a family, group, community, or any form of acceptance or affection that they are denied or don't have. They don't look like a cult. What does a cult look like? definitely the flying spaghetti monster (laughs) cults can be religious political lifestyle business etc it doesn't always look or seem like a cult like the pyramid schemes the pyramid schemes yes who turns to cults you do i do everyone does that that seems fair (laughs) all peoples all peoples all peoples There's really no one group that is more susceptible than others. Mm -hmm. People of all backgrounds, money, status, social groups, etc. can and have fallen victim to cults. Everybody can be in a cult. You could be in a cult. You're really big on telling people that everyone is susceptible. (laughs) You just did that with the children episode. Yes. I'm going to stop listening to your episodes. Even though I'm here for them. (laughs) Everybody likes cults. (laughs) Some factors... That can influence enrollment (laughs) in a cult. I thought you just said that there weren't factors that made them more susceptible. Apparently there are. (laughs) Apparently I was wrong. (laughs) Do better notes, Paige. Low self-esteem. Me. (laughs) Same. (laughs) People with low self-esteem are more likely to fall into a cult. Their low esteem makes it easy for cults to target them, break them down, and rebuild them into the cult's image. DIY (laughs) Play-Doh. Yes. (laughs) Low self-esteem increases desire for comfort, acceptance, and being part of a community. Why don't people like me? I just want to belong. Stress. Most people are noted to be... Recruited during a time of high stress, which might be why cults were prominent in the 70s and late 60s. Huh, that's interesting. Stress can make you want to look for an answer, and cults will claim to have the answer you seek. That seems fair. Yes. I mean, you're like the whole meaning of life and everything. You're like, I just, I'm going through a real difficult time. I just don't need to know what's, what's the point of what's all this. What's happening? Yeah. Why is all this happening to me? What's happening to my body? Females. Studies show that females are more likely to join a cult than males. Some reasons for this. More social. Females are typically more common to join social groups and take part of social gatherings. Therefore, they are more likely to hear about and attend cult groups or meetings. That's fair. Social expectations. Oh, the, when I was writing this bullet point, I definitely thought of Stepford Wives. That works. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all us women do. We just sit around and. Yeah, and we want to be accepted. And, and we join social we groups. We go out with our friends. And drink up tea and talk about. And we talk about boys and gossip. And gossip all day about the neighbors. Oh my gosh, did you see what the neighbors did? <gasps> to their rose bushes? How dare they put red wo- rose bushes in? I told them to paint them white. And they dared paint them red. <gasps> Those Joneses, what are we going to do with them? We're going to call the HOA on them. <laughs> there is a trend in our society that females have to be rescued or find a hero to save them. Male cult leaders can be seen as this hero slash lifesaver. Or if they don't practice, if they don't prescribe to these expectations, may join a cult group to be more self-reliant and help themselves. So it's a double-edged sword, kind of. Yes. 
It's just like Stepford Wives. Oppression. Females already oppressed in society. The patriarchy that uh, I hate and despise. I feel like maybe both of us should. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a jab towards any one person, Paige. <laughs> Unless you were saying that I, Darby, do prescribe to the patriarchy. <laughs> You just don't scream it out all the time like I do. So I'm a better female than you are. I'm a better female. <laughs> Therefore, females are just used to it. They're used to being under authority figures and obeying. Those females. Sit. Stay. Beg. Roll over. There's so many orders at once, I don't know which one to follow first. Shake paw. <laughs> there is I mean, no- since we're so used to it, we might as well. Yeah. There's no other family or personal connections. Turn to cults for connections slash relationships. Also more vulnerable without support system to work them slash ask questions. Oh, to warn them slash ask questions. (laughs) To be like, hey, bud, what you joining there? (laughs) None of your business. I just, hmm, let's think about this. Nope. (laughs) My decision. (laughs) Back off. This is an intervention that we're doing out of love with Dr. Phil here. (laughs) New college students still developing a sense of identity slash want to belong to groups. Go out to college first time. You were an RA. You know what that's like. Right. I also was a college freshman. (laughs) You were? (laughs) I, I was, believe it or not. I once went to college where I went to those forensics classes I love to talk about. Forensics. Did you know I was a forensics major? <laughs> Did you know that I was a psychology major? What? Yeah. That's brand new information, Paige. You definitely don't talk about that every episode. <laughs> abuse slash neglect victims. These victims have faced abuse or neglect. <laughs> if that wasn't obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Cult offers safety and attention. They have always wanted. You wrote these notes. Shouldn't so, you know these? The cult has this attention in this hand. You really want this attention. So the cult says, God, come get it. Come here, boy. Just, just come get it. You know you're talking about abuse and neglect victims, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Not dogs. <laughs> Every single one of my bullet points kept saying attention. So I think I'm just talking about all peoples. I think everyone knows that Paige is really redundant at this point. All peoples need attention. <laughs> Well, you're covering all bases. <laughs> so, according to my notes, all people react to cults the same way that your dog, Stormy, Shadow, reacts to people. <laughs> and Stormy, actually. All your dogs. Yes. I have many dogs. Except for Peanut. Peanut is the only one that distrusts pe- cults. Yes. I have many dogs. The only one I care about is Peanut. <laughs> well, she's the smartest, so. <laughs> Paige, I thought you didn't like Peanut. <laughs> I only want Peanut's attention. She is my cult leader. The cult of peanut. (laughs) I'm going with it. Okay. Personality traits that can make you likely. Let me just go back to my best friend, How Stuff Works. You really love that website. Because I love them. Only me. They must only sponsor Paige. Yes. I never use How Stuff Works. They don't do enough conspiracy things. Except for that one time. Oh, yes. I did use them once. Only once. I also tend to not remember where my sources came from. So maybe I've used them before. Who knows? I'm pretty sure if you Google the topic, it's the first four things that come up. Yep. There's that's the basis of my episodes. (laughs) Right there. Top four. (laughs) Meanwhile, you and your A-type personality has like six Google tabs open. (laughs) So personality types. You might be dependent. If you're an overly dependent person, you might join a cult. If you're unassertive, you might join a cult. Me. If you're gullible. If you have low tolerance for uncertainty. If you're delusional of the status quo. Disillusioned. No. (laughs) If you're delusional, I I vote that. Let's do it. I mean, I think if you're delusional, you might join a cult too, but. Just possibly. (laughs) If you're naive. Blindly think everybody is good. Or if you have a desire for a spiritual meaning. So if I have 
one or all of these traits, I'm more likely to join a cult. Yes, you will join a cult. I need to go check my Facebook groups to make sure I'm not in one. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> uh, okay, so cult psychology overview. Cult leaders are masterminds of manip- manipulation, control, persuasion. This is what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. You just kept saying one word. <laughs> Charismatic. Charismatic leaders. <laughs> this is charismatic leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're usually very charming. Or charismatic. Or good looking. Possibly. Although there's some, again, like we've talked about that before where people like, people in the 70s, they just have that 70s look. So you assume that they were attractive back then. But nowadays you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like Manson, everyone says that he was so attractive. Or Ted Bundy. And Bundy. and um. Jim Jones, even they say yeah. he was like super attractive. But then you look at pictures, I'm like, he looks like a '70s dad. Like, I just... yeah, like not even a good-looking dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me okay. more about these charismatic leaders. Um, so they talk people into leaving behind their lives, families, possessions, and giving up lots of money. Yeah, you'd have to be charming to do that. <laughs> Cults revolve around this one singular leader to be the face, has complete control of a number of the members. <laughs> And the cult as a whole cannot question them or hold them accountable. You must be completely devote to this leader. So yes, they have complete and utter control. Okay, so cult tactics, not testicles. <laughs> also, from a house stuff works. Your one true love. It is. I'm gonna marry it one day. Yep. This whole website. Maybe you can go join the Church of Spaghetti Monsters and get. Um, oh, I'll get ordained. Yes, ordained, and I'll marry you and to you house stuff works. Yeah perfect yeah. we'll do it okay so I'll, I'll put aside my feelings about love how do they select who might be in it random draw of the hat they pick targets those that they think might be susceptible <laughs> recruiters will hang out in spots outside therapy offices hospitals weight loss centers and places where people might be more stressed slash emotionally upset literal of vampires <laughs> Uh, so deception trickery they could lie about the cult what life is like and what will happen in order to get the members there before revealing the truth people can lie people can lie what unlike dogs people can lie dogs that's why i have so many dogs because my dogs don't lie to me except probably tucker (laughs) that's where all your love goes yes all my love is to my dogs (laughs) mainly just peanut hiding the full story until it's too late They may have fake meetings. They may have recruits attend a meeting that is hyped up where everyone seems happy, excited, and have tons of fun. It gets lit. (laughs) With that Kool-Aid. Yep. There's Kool-Aid parties. It's definitely not spiked the first time, though. No. That's for later. They bring out the the Flavor-Aid later on. After a couple of tricks. Yeah. They trick you with having Kool-Aid brand, but then once you're stuck in the cult, they bring out the Flavor-Aid emotional manipulation uh they may use your insecurities devalue and critique anything about the person that makes them feel worthless play on their insecurities and fears to make them stay provide the sense that they are welcome and accepted here but nowhere else ouch (laughs) they might also use love bombing which i feel like is something that's going to make you stay away from a cult darby new members are love bombed (laughs) Showered with praise, compliments, love, and acceptance. Oh, no. No, thank you. Forces them to associate the cult and its members with love and acceptance. If I do that association, I'm definitely not joining. (laughs) Anything associated with love is evil. Also, forced dependency. Force the members into a sense of dependency on the cult and its leader. Make them connect independence slash free thought with evil. You can't think on your own. That's evil. That's what the that's the devil talking. <laughs> Isolation, both socially, physically, and psychologically. Blah, 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 blah. You only say this word five million times, Paige. <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> you got it. Psychology. Wait. <laughs> Psychologically. Psycho- See, but you can't look at it. And yeah, say you it. know. Like- <laughs> If I were you, Paige, who looks at that word constantly, I would also have that issue. <laughs> okay, so both social, <laughs> physically, socially, physically, and psycholo- psychologically, <laughs> isolating members, 
Uh, it can be hidden with a retreat or vacation to get them physically away. Stop outside communication, media, TV, news, phone calls, text, social media. So they isolate them in the middle of the desert where there's no reception. Yep. I would die without social media. I'd be fine. I don't know. Eh, I might, I without my- communication to my boyfriend, it might no, not work. You need your Reddit. <laughs> if you don't have your Reddit, you'll freak out. And Reddit. <laughs> Paranoia. Play on members' internal fears. Also keep members in a state of fear. Use fears to keep members on edge and constantly relying on cult members for safety. Humiliation. They play on their self-esteem again. I, I have a sense that this may be a little different. Really? Not by much. <laughs> <laughs> they may be love-bombed at first, but once the member is fully in, they can use humiliation to keep the, you there. We'll make fun of a member or shame them for their good sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those good sins, though. Can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make fun of a member or shame them <laughs> for their sins and tell them that they can only be good again if they remain in the cold. Self-incrimination. Some cults. Jim Jones. If you remember, Darby. I do. So some cults, like Jim Jones, will have members write written statements. These can detail their innermost demons, confessions, weaknessness, weaknesses, <laughs> failures, etc. Things they wouldn't want to get out. Why write it down then? <laughs> well, that's in order to get in, you have to write it, I yeah, guess. But I would make something up. Well, I mean... From what I've learned from your episode so, thus far, these people have low self-esteem. They're desperate for this oh. attention and love. Okay. I mean, you got into a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just wanted in. I didn't want him to actually know about me. <laughs> okay, brainwashing or mind control. Or that may have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Systematic breakdown of a people's sense of self. Tear them down and build them up again. Did you, we already said this? Yes. You are very <laughs> redundant. This has been said already. Maybe I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you were reiterating or probably just writing these notes five minutes before we started recording. Either or. Okay. <laughs> so they may do this usually after leaving a cult. There has to be lots of therapy, deprogramming, to undo the effects of brainwashing. Deprivation may deprive them of sleep, drinking, food, in order to keep them weak. Okay, so these are methods of brainwashing. Yes. I think. <laughs> induce, a, induce a state. These techniques include sleep and food deprivation, drumming, chanting, lecturing, and on and on for hours. Flashing lights, spinning around in circles. Hey, they get along well with that one cult. The snake cult? Yeah. The snake handlers? They get along well. All of which assault the senses and break down a person's ability to think. The cult uses mind control to fill the dissociated mind with their beliefs of magical thinking. That's from Psychology Today. Your other great love affair. Yes. (laughs) I... I'm in a polygamist relationship with them. Okay. So a higher purpose. Some cults mention that they have a big purpose. Saving the world, stopping evil, curing cancer, and that everything they do is for the goal. This will convince members that whatever they are doing is worth it for the cause. The end justifies the means. Private free thinking slash... Prevent free thinking slash independence. Cults may control every minute of the person's day, so there's no free time to think or attempt to talk to others too much. You have to keep a very strict schedule. It's like in The Prince of Egypt, where they start. I know that movie. Yes, the whipping. How dare you stop? (laughs) You're playing with the big boys now. From our previous. Half of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a previous episode. No. From my part of the episode. 
Um, so they may control... Oh, I said that already. Uh, remove decision-making. They will tell them what to wear, eat, or do. Make them feel guilty. I need that. Shamed for questioning <laughs> if they ask a question. Don't answer and instead shame them and associate questions with evil. How dare you question me? You're evil. Why do you have questions? That's the devil's work. Is Why are you sins? asking me a question? Are there sins in your heart? <laughs> Behavior modification. So they might use thought-stopping techniques, install a f- instill a phrase or a common word to stop doubtful thoughts, using words to prevent people from thinking freely slash questioning. Another one is the us versus them mentality. They might isolate members by creating this mentality, ideas that they are superior to them, people not in the cult. This ties into uh, elitist mentality. And then replace relationships from friends and family with relationships with cult members. Um, so again, we don't talk to them. You can't sit with us. Not unless you wear pink. You can't unless sit with us. Unless you're part of the pink cult. It is a cult. <laughs> um, so again, we'll do another episode that discuss specific cults and how they use these tactics. So we need to pick our next topics. We do. All right. So in tradition, I'll do Darby's first. Darby, you're going to do Frozen Heads. <gasps> Ooh, that will be good. I'm not going to go into details about it. I'm a I'm little gonna... curious as to what Frozen Heads are. Brain freeze, don't you know? It's all a conspiracy <laughs> theory. All that ice cream. There's no such thing as brain freeze. It's actually a mind control device within the ice cream. (laughs) Yes. And Paige, you will be talking about... Ed Kemper. Speaking of heads. That does not sound like a good combination, but okay. (laughs) If anything we've learned, it's to keep Ed Kemper away from the heads. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yes. That'll be a fun week. It will be. And if you need to find out more information about us and those upcoming episodes where I will talk about frozen heads and Paige will talk about Ed Kemper. So it is a Sunday that this is being posted. Yes. So remember, my episode will not be out on Wednesday. No. You will not hear from Paige on Wednesday. You will hear from Darby on Sunday. Yes. I, you will skip right to me because we don't want to listen to Paige anyway. She's too redundant. As we learned in this episode. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you're now realizing this fact and I'm hyper-analyzing it because you're super anxious. <laughs> and you're now worried about all your other episodes. <laughs> Just a thought about what's going through your head. But no, instead, this is Sunday. A week from today, you will hear from me with my episode on Frozen Heads. And you will hear from Paige that Wednesday following on Ed Kemper. So as always, since I am the social media master, I know that you can most definitely find us at Twitter at as a underscore Hatter, Instagram, Matt as a Hatter, Facebook, Matt as a Hatter, Reddit, Matt as a Hatter podcast. And you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Podomatic. Also, go check out our Patreon. Thank you. Shout out to listener Jane. Yes. Our, thank you, Jane. Our one and only Patreon for now. For now. But thank you so much. You're the best. So go to our Patreon at Mad as a Hatter podcast. Backslash. No, wait. Sorry. Patreon.com backslash Mad as a Hatter podcast. Yes. And also, we want to give a shout out to our music. So, Paige, you've been in contact and you were able to get our music, so I will go ahead and give the shout out. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, Paige told me that from the website soundslikeanearful.com, uh, you've been in touch with Christopher, who's in charge of the website and the music there. He's a really great guy. I highly recommend everyone to go check out this website. Paige sent me some links to some other really great music. I loved it. So everyone, definitely check out soundslikeanearful.com. We owe them for our absolutely amazing new intro, and we absolutely love getting to work with them and using their incredible music. Yeah. Yes. 
Thank you guys for joining us on our what? S- rabbit number two. Woo! Second episode boop, boop. combined. We're clocking out at an hour fifty minutes. So <laughs> so definitely hope it's shorter for you. This will be a longer episode for y'all because we don't want to knock out all the jokes, but there will also be a very long blooper reel on this episode. So join our Patreon so you can hear it. Yes. We will post an unedited version or at least oh, yes. all of our blooper reels <laughs> from this as you try for those of you who have caught on to the joke. You might just get to hear our struggle with it. So thank you. It's been a fun day. It has. Thanks for traveling down the rabbit hole.